difference? Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Tidal Premium, 15 gigabytes, mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercial plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. Hey, you know, on Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. We've talked to a lot of different people and we've done relationship coaches and dating coaches and comedians and sports people and metaphysical teachers and healers and authors and channelers and psychics and authors. And we've talked about sound healing. We've talked about healing with color. And today we're going to talk about healing with light. It's a fascinating subject, and our guest is uh, the esteemed Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman, and he's written a new book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. We're going to bring him out in a couple of minutes and talk about this book, which is really fascinating. It's got a lot of different exercises in there, and uh, it really uh, enlightens us, no pun intended, as to the importance of light the healing aspects of light and how we may have need to, we may need to reimagine what our definition of our eyes are in terms of eyesight, because Dr. Lieberman has a whole different way of looking at it. And uh, he's had some miracles happen in his life, some healing miracles and can't wait to talk to him because I really enjoyed everything I read about him. I saw him on a TEDx. I saw a lot of his videos on his, website and the book is fascinating so we'll bring them on in just a couple of minutes i hope everybody's having a great summer um guys guys radio as i mentioned the place where men and women can be at their best everyone wins and it all started with my novel the guys guys guide to love you can catch me on my website robertmanny.com where i blog my syndicated blog is over 300 plus and we also from there we've done guys guys radio uh, we're up to like 300 shows now and all of the shows are free. You can download them on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And if you want to support us, all you need to do is subscribe on iTunes, rate the show on iTunes, review the show on iTunes, whatever you like. But just give us a shout out and I really appreciate it. Um, so summertime. Summertime is a time where a lot of people, it goes fast. A lot of people go away, get out of town. I'm here in New York City and uh, – I go down, historically, I've gone down to the Jersey Shore. When I was a kid, we went down there all the time. And uh, then I went to college and went away and got busy working in New York City and forgot all about the Jersey Shore. And then one day I got a phone call and it was my brother and he was getting married and he was getting married. He lived down the Jersey Shore. He moved down there after college, way before the Jersey Shore became kind of the destination that it is now. So I got in my car, I drove down, and uh, I remember on the way down, I actually hit a bird. 
And I went out, got out of my car and picked up the bird. And I had a box and I put him in the box in the back of my car. And I drove to my brother's house and I walked into the house with this injured bird. And he and his uh, wife-to-be, who I hadn't met, um, we got hold of the uh, 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 annual shelter and uh, animal shelter and uh, got the bird over there. And uh, then I went through the wedding. I'm like, I like this town. So I started coming down, going to the beach there. And then I took up golf. This was in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Uh, and uh, I said to my sister-in-law, she was, uh, I used to sleep on their couch. And uh, she was like, you should get your own place. And I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting on the beach one day. It was a big group of us used to go to the beach. And I pointed to this house right on the beachfront. And this was way back where Ocean Grove, which is now kind of a very pristine uh, destination type town. It's just south of Asbury Park. And Asbury has become kind of the new jewel. It's like Brooklyn at the Jersey Shore. And <laughs> And uh, so I pointed to this house. I said, you see that unit, the top floor of that house right there? If you can get me, if I, if you can get me in there, I'll rent it. So a week later, she's like, I got it. I was like, really? So I went up and met the owner and I rented out this place. And then for the next couple of years, I rented out the same unit and, and then actually another unit in the building. And then I got a call and said, you know, this guy's going to sell his place and he's moving to Florida to retire. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, she's like, I said, how much? And she told me, and I said, well, offer him this. And she said, okay. And uh, I got a call 10 minutes later. He accepted the offer, and uh, he wanted to take the furniture and left me some things behind. I'm like, great, and that was it. That was the easiest transaction I've had. I've had the place for over 20 years now, and now it's, uh, you know, beach. I got This was before Ocean Grove came around, so it's beachfront, and it's not a big place, but I blew out the walls and the ceiling. You know, it was interesting when you have a party, everybody kind of congregates in the kitchen. We had this really little kitchen. So we're all in there one night, everybody's partying. And then there was a, a hatch like above the kitchen. We're like, let's go up there. So pushed it out of the way. We all climbed up there. And one of my buddies is a, is a, a contractor. So he looked around. He's like, you probably own this. And fact of the matter, I did. So he goes, why don't you give, let me give you a plan. So we got together and they took all the walls down and the ceiling down and just opened up the place. And that's been like that for uh 20 plus years. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. And now the Jersey shore has uh, used to go down and you couldn't find a place to eat. There was, uh, it was, you know, saltwater taffy and cotton candy and uh, cheap beers on the beach. And that was it in Asbury park. You wouldn't even walk in Asbury park and much less the boardwalk. It was all splinters and dilapidated and there was literally nothing there. If you've seen uh, some of the old Soprano uh, episodes, they did, they did a couple of things. I think the one where, Big Pussy got drowned. Uh, they had a lot of sh- scenes in Asbury Park. Mickey Rourke did two movies in Asbury Park. One was called Homeboy, and uh, another one, The Wrestler, he did a number of years ago, when still Asbury Park had not quite come back yet. And it's interesting because this is one big building that they had built up a long time ago, over 20 years ago, and they kind of got like the skeleton of the building up, and then it stopped, and they ran out of money. And it was symbolic of Asbury Park with these fits and starts because it's in a perfect location. It's 45 minutes from New York City. It's right under the water, easy to get to by New Jersey Transit train or the highway. And uh, everything stopped. And there's, apparently there's been a lot of corruption and stuff in the town. So that project had sat there. And then about 10 years ago, they – had another kind of resurrection of the town and uh there was a big uh, everybody got together and they watched as they took down this old bu- this building that was you know going up but it just sat there and rusted they took it down and they started again and then the exact same thing happened this other building just sat there for another 10 years so it was like wow well this winter 
it finally the the plan for it finally got pushed through and I was down there about a month ago and there's this beautiful gorgeous new building being erected and it's not going it's not they're not going backwards and that to me has told me you know what Asbury Park has finally turned the corner and you might you know know about Asbury Park because of Springsteen the Springsteen songs and all of that and it's really making it now so it's become a real destination it's kind of a hipster hipster meets the beach and it's a lot of fun and Ocean Grove is the complete opposite it's a Victorian town kind of a religious Methodist town but um, the Jersey Shore has changed and uh, it's a fun place to go so anyhow that's my quick story let's do this let's take a super quick break and then we're going to bring our special guest out Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman and we're going to talk about light you're listening to the guys guy radio okay we're back welcome back to guys guys radio as i as i mentioned you know we've we've talked we've done uh some shows with uh, sound healers and uh, i've been listening to these solfeggio sounds which are amazing. You just put them on in the background and they have different frequency levels and they, they do different things. And they, they, you can, you can notice the difference uh, in uh, your mood and your clarity. And I really believe in sound healing is getting to be a big thing as well as so many other Ayurvedic and homeopathic ways of healing. Now uh, there's another, uh, a lot of healing also with color and actually Dr. Lieberman goes into some stuff with color and light, but um, we had a guest on here, uh, Patty Conklin, and she works with uh, a, a thing called color works where you uh, meditate. I used this before I had an operation. I had to have had to had a, something taken off my kidney, each kidney. And uh, that was four years ago. And I, I did this meditation where I imagined what color do I need to uh, remove, to shrink and remove what, this little growth I had on the kidney. And uh, so I'd come up with a color. It would come up automatically. And then you imagine that and then you kind of drain it off and replace it with another color. But, you know, color, sound and now today we're going to talk about light so let me tell you a little bit about dr lieberman we'll bring him right out he's the author of two other seminal books on vision and he's the developer of the first patented fda cleared medical device for vision improvement which is amazing because you know everybody over 40 you know you're probably wearing glasses and with all of our technology staring at the phone staring at the computer uh, screen i mean i had perfect vision and then 45 or so bang, I lost it. And I, every year I have to get, you know, glasses and I hate it because I have to use them for reading. Now I have to use them for driving. I have them for distance. I'm like glasses guy now and I can't stand it. So maybe Dr. Lieberman can help me get my vision back. He's got over 45 years of clinical research and direct experience with contemporary science. He's led him to create a new philosophy on life. It's really amazing that can be implemented and integrated by anyone at home, resulting in a visual and spiritual transformation that's rapid, significant and permanent. So we really want to get him out here. The name of his book is Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Hello, Dr. Lieberman. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Thank you so much, Robert. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I loved your story. (laughs) You know, uh, things change over time. You just got to kind of be there and stop trying to create the, uh, you know, your, determine your you can't, you just have to go with the program and let things happen. And I think reading your book reminded me of that because you talk about light instead of kind of forcing things. If we know how to connect with the light, we can really make a lot of things happen. It's like one of the keys to manifestation. So why don't I just throw it right over to you? I know you're a brilliant speaker. I watched your TED presentation. It was awesome. Um, And talk to us about the importance of light and also 
uh, just quickly, I know you've told the story a hundred times, but about what happened to you in this meditation? Because I'm really curious about actually what flipped the switch where you kind of got your eyesight back, your vision back. Well, I can't tell you exactly what happened during that meditative experience, except I, I had what people would sometimes ter- term an out-of-body experience. I had my eyes closed, my glasses were off, and something occurred where it felt like I was aware of myself sitting in the room meditating. And besides that, what I was seeing in my mind's eye was crystal clear. Mm -hmm. The real amazing thing happened when I opened my eyes at the end of this meditation and my eyesight was clear. I immediately drove to my office because prior to this, I could barely see the big E on the eye chart. And lo and behold, I was able to see 300% better on a series of eye charts I had never looked at before. When I saw that, I actually examined myself to see if there had been a change in my prescription, which I assumed there would be. Mm-hmm. However, when I finished the exam and take a look at the, the machinery that, that, that basically you record this on, I realized that the prescription hadn't changed at all. In other words, I was able to read 300% better. My eyesight had improved, but my eyes had not changed at all. And because of that experience, the only conclusion I could come to is that what is seeing within us is not the eyes. And, you Mm -hmm. know, if this would have occurred for a couple of minutes or an hour, you would have said, oh, it's amazing. But it has remained for 42 years I'm 70 and a half. I have never used a pair of glasses since that day in 1976 to either see at distance and I pass all my driver's tests or for reading and I spend all day working at a computer. So what this led me to realize is that one, we don't understand how things work and real change doesn't occur from doing things but is mm-hmm. actually designed to occur effortlessly without doing a thing. And, and your beautiful story about how you found your home on the Jersey Shore was precisely that, how the bird led mm-hmm. you to one place and then you saw this and then your friend was there and lifted the ceiling or whatever you did there. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what I notice in my life for quite a few years right now. And that's what really inspired me to write this book so that hopefully I could share with people something that was both commonsensical, easy to understand, and could on some level set us free from all of the stress and tension we're all under. Wow. That's such a story. What did, what did you think when this, you know, initially when this happened, like with your eyesight, that must've been a mind blower. Well, uh, two things. Initially, I was very excited, and then afterwards, I was terrified because I was excited because, wow, what's, what's happening here? This is something that I was never told about. I had never read about. I'd, I was led to believe this was not possible. And then all of a sudden, when I realized that not only did it occur, but it was lasting, then I started wondering could there be something wrong with my eyes? Could there be something wrong inside my brain? 
Well, uh, obviously, that was not the case. But that led me into an extraordinary journey. And part of that journey was about light, the second aspect of your question. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like, I can share a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. You wanted to talk about the importance of light. I think the first thing we have to realize is we live in a part of the universe called the solar system. Solar Mm -hmm. systems means we are of or derived from light. Literally, we are light on a scientific basis. If you speak to a quantum physicist and you ask them about the nature of reality, the underlying energy from which everything emerges, they'll tell you that that fundamental energy is light. If you go to the Bible, they say that God is light. So whether you're looking at this from a spiritual, religious, or scientific perspective, you come to the same place. Light underlies all that is. And then, of course, everyone thinks they know what light is, but light is actually invisible. What we Mm -hmm. experience during the day is not light, it's brightness. And brightness is a perceptual phenomenon. Light is actually formless, it's invisible, it's merely an energy, if you will. And from that energy, through some magic that no one understands, life emerges. So when you talk about the importance of light, just a quick, a, a few quick facts. Please. Every physiological function in the human body, in the animal body, or in a plant are light-dependent. Every aspect of our being is dependent upon light. Not only do we have eyes in our head that are designed to see single photons, which means they're literally triggered by things that are invisible, which allows us to understand why we get feelings about things that we don't know how to describe. And we say, oh, I had an intuitive hit. That Mm -hmm. is actually light interacting with ourselves because we now know that every cell in the body has photoreceptors, literally has eyes that are designed to detect and respond and be guided by light. And so the reason our physiology acts the way it does is not because of anything we do, because we do not control any aspect of our physiology. It's because our body in order to be harmonious with Mother Nature, is continually Mm -hmm. receiving signals of light that tell the body when to awaken, when to sleep, when to eat, when to go to the bathroom, when to release hormones, when to release insulin, and so on. All of that is occurring automatically, free of charge. Once we get that, we realize our whole life works this way, and the fundamental purpose of vision is not eyesight, but it is transmitting these light signals to every cell of our body because what catches our eye, and that is an expression we have often mm-hmm. heard, yes. Yes. is the light looking for us, causing the eye to automatically turn toward the next aspect of our life that we're designed to attend to or be present with so that we can fulfill our reason for being here. Okay, great. Um, 
So people, uh, you know, think, oh, I, I see with my eyes. And um, according to your book, it's not it's not really that's not really how it works. The eyes are more like windows. Ex- explain that for our listeners, please. Sure. The eyes are literally transparent biological windows that allow light to enter and light also to exit. Light comes out of the eyes as well as going into the eyes. That transmission of energy uh, is then transmitted into every part of the brain. So when a photon of light interacts with the eye, every part of the brain lights up on an MRI. Then through Mm -hmm. some means that we don't understand, meaning is created. We get a sense of what's happening, and this is why we say, I see. And I Mm -hmm. see doesn't mean I can see the letters. It means I understand. I know. So through the mystery we call consciousness, this energy we call light that interacts with the eyes become something that is meaningful and something that we then respond to. Okay. You also, uh, doctor, mentioned in the book a lot about the pineal gland, which is kind of a mystery for everybody, and yet it's so important. And um, there's a lot of uh, talk out there about how our pineal glands, because they're not used that much, they get calcified because of fluoride, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a real key uh, gland in our body that's under underused. Um, talk to us about light, the pineal gland, and uh, are there ways that we can, um, I guess, manage the light that comes in and also to help uh, maybe wake up or activate our pineal gland if this is something that we need to do? There's a reason the pineal has always been called the third eye, the seat of the soul, and the sphincter mm-hmm. of thought. It's the one gland in the body or the one part of our brain that is singular. So most of the brain is paired, one right hemisphere, left hemisphere, and so on. The pineal is right in the center of the brain, and it is the body's light meter. It directly interacts with the light that enters the eyes. And so the pineal is sensitive to changes in the amount of light, the quantity, the quality of light or spectral characteristics, and the Earth's electromagnetic field. So it's not only sensitive to light, but it's a major aspect of how we navigate ourselves through space. So uh, one of the things uh, we've noted is that the pineal seems to not only be related to, to light, but it's a spiritual center, the seat of the soul, the third eye, and so on, because we... Uh, In the past, the spiritual literature has referred to the pineal as something that is activated for the release of higher consciousness or greater awareness. In Mm -hmm. terms of calcification, what you said is absolutely true. Uh, Most Caucasians beyond the age of 40 or 50, a large percentage of their pineals are actually calcified, which diminishes their ability to know where they're going, to have a sense of navigation, to receive this internal insight that gives us a sense of what to do, when to do it, and to what degree without actually knowing why. So when the pineal is calcified, we're less in touch with those sensitive aspects of life that guide us. 
Okay. Is this, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot about, you know, there's, you know, three kind of ways of kind of being. There's like the, the victim, the victor, and the vehicle. And it seems like what we want to be is more the vehicle. Well, you know, we learn how to be the victor, whether it's in business or the day-to-day stuff, but ultimately we need to be the vehicle. And it seems like if that's correct, that light is an important, I don't want to say, I'll say fuel in quotes, but uh, something that can help us make that transformation where we need to be more conscious, more present, more not trying to determine outcomes per se, but having a focus more on where we want to go, but in an open-minded way. I know I threw a lot at you. I'm not that articulate on this subject, help me out. You are. You're very articulate. It's a beautiful question. The victor and the victim is essentially having to do with the part of the conscious mind that deals in duality, black and white, right and wrong, Mm -hmm. winner, loser, victor, victim. And what you're saying in terms of the vehicle is that all of that doing to be the victor and not the victim, all of that is actually unnecessary because the light that is moving through us, and it is a fuel, it is nature's, optimal fuel mix for life most of our energy is not from the food we eat it's from the light we consume so when we are an open vehicle an open channel the light that traverses our being not only guides every cell in our body but guides us toward our maximum potential so that as human beings we can accomplish why we're here In the same way as an apple tree is guided by light, it doesn't do anything, but it's guided to grow in a certain direction and to manifest or to bring forth a certain fruit and so on. And so what I'm attempting to share in the book is that we've been led to believe that we're the decision makers and that Mm -hmm. we have to do that to solve problems. But when you look at the actual workings of the brain, you begin to realize, and it's extremely easy to see, that our body is responding to this guidance seven to ten seconds before we are ever even aware Mm -hmm. of making a choice. So this idea that we are the chooser really needs to be reevaluated. In actuality, we get a glimpse about something. And that glimpse comes to us rather than from us. And that another word for that glimpse or that insight um, is inspiration. Something grabs us and inspires us to move in a certain direction. After we are inspired by the unconscious mind, which is a field of infinite potentiality, mm-hmm. then the conscious mind takes that excitement and then accomplishes the task of bringing it into the world. But it doesn't have to work to do that. It is literally moved to do that. And so it's, it's a very beautiful um, thing. Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, had a very profound quote. He said, there is a principle underlying everything. And then he said, it's a simple, undescribed, undescribable presence residing within us. And then Mm -hmm. he said, we are 
we are not to do but to let do, not to work but to be worked upon. So what he in fact said is that our essence is not the mind chatter that we're hearing all right. the time. Exactly. It's the field of awareness that notices that this chatter is going on and it notices it from no point of view and it has no comments. It's totally silent. And then he goes mm-hmm. on to say, we're not here to do or work on things that happens automatically. Yeah. I think that's so important, doctor, particularly in our Western culture where we, uh, you know, we not only do we, in my opinion, a lot of times we over-prepare for things, but, and sometimes by doing so, we're forcing things and we end up pushing things further away. So they're always a little bit out of reach because we're approaching how our, how we, uh, you know, we're not in the flow uh, with the, with the light or whatever. It seems like we're working too hard and it almost turns like we work against ourselves by trying to do too much instead of letting divine guidance happen. And I guess the way we can get that divine guidance and part, you know, part of what you talk about when you say light, you know, people are going to think, oh, it's sunlight or whatever. But you're really talking about energy, right? And vibration. It's like it's, well, the sunlight, you know, we, we experience it, as you said, in, as brightness. But it's, it's, it's more than just physical light, isn't it? It's, it's energy, well, right? Well, no, there is no such thing as physical light. It, it okay. is sunlight. And the sunlight is, in fact, the same as the spiritual light. You see, okay. we can't see sunlight. All the sun puts out is invisible energy. Our perception of it is just because of the way that our eyes uh, are are created along Mm -hmm. with our brains. It's our perceptual mechanism that allows us to appreciate this thing we call light. And, you know, what you said before about trying too hard and thinking ahead is spot on. Uh, My first few years in practice, I worked with thousands of children that had been diagnosed with learning problems. And what I found is that they were all geniuses. And the more that they tried, the more they obscured their ability to discover Mm -hmm. what they were looking for. And I not only noticed it in our ability to learn, but you mentioned golf. Uh, I worked with the Mm -hmm. famous golfer Raymond Floyd many years ago. I've worked with Michelle Wee and other top-notch golfers, even though I'm not a golfer myself, uh, assisting them in assessing and accessing this state we're talking about. And I can tell you that there is no effort required for our maximum potential to emerge. And this is a very, very key thing that I attempt to share in the book through some very simple things that people can do, which I found were life-changing for me. Okay, let, let's talk about those because uh, I went through some of the exercises. I did the arrow exercise, and you have another one with the seven, the seven tubes, and you talk about chakras, which a lot of people are familiar with. So when I did the arrow exercise, I was able to do it the first time, and then I felt, and I don't know if it has any relationship, my ears felt like they were going to pop. That was the only reaction I got. It was, I was a little bit off kilter when I started walking, and my ears felt like they wanted to pop or something, like when you come out of the water. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? Well, I think something po- – yeah, you said you, you, you did one of the exercises. Right. And I did the one-minute arrow exercise. Right. And when you did that, how did you feel as you did it? 
Um, as I did it, I felt, you know, I do, uh, I do this Dan Millman four minute peaceful warrior workout every day. So doing the down and up and left and right. And I was very in, I was vibing with that. So it was very easy for me to do that exercise and I felt fine. I didn't felt like I was straining or anything. And then when I was done. I got up, I was a little bit off kilter and then I felt like my ears were going to pop and then everything went back to normal. You know, I only did one. Yep. I did, only had time to do one today, but I'm going. I'm definitely going to do them all in the book because I really think it's fabulous. Well, when you when you start getting into them, they mm-hmm. become more complex. My sense is that something popped open for you. I don't know exactly what it was because I wasn't there, but I would urge you to continue to do mm-hmm. it slowly. And I think that you will have some revelations. I developed that body of work and working with children, and it was very, very profound for them. Okay, that's great. Let's let's talk about that a little bit more because I think for our listeners, they're wondering like, well, how do we? How can I use this? Because first, they have to kind of wrap their head around relearning something, which is light, and then like, well, how did I? How can I? You know, make this enhance my life. So you said that in the book that you took a week of just responding to light light and it helped you become yeah. present. Could you talk about, you know, right. what happened and how you yeah. did that and maybe some tips then for our listeners sure. who haven't gotten the book yet? I, I, I'll be happy to do that. Um, essentially uh, what I did is was an experiment um, because what I noticed when my children were both very young and they're both adults now is that they would take out their toys, play with them and then just leave them out. And even though I would tell them to put back their toys, they would do it when I told them. But then they would leave it out the next time. And I realized that the reason they weren't bringing back their toys is because they weren't aware that there was, Mm -hmm. yeah, they weren't aware that there was any problem. And Mm -hmm. I realized that they could not learn this lesson from me, that it was me that was noticing that the toys were out, not them. Right. <laughs> so what I what I realized is, you know what? Life is continually showing us what we need to pay attention to. So mm-hmm. what I did for a week is I said, anything that enters my awareness is my responsibility. Anything that is my responsibility, I will attend to and complete. And so for that week, anytime I saw anything that Grab my attention. I took care of it immediately. If I got a bill, I paid it on the spot. If there was a dish in the sink, I washed it and I put it away. If I noticed the trash can was full, even though the mind said, oh, do it tomorrow, I took it downstairs. Mm -hmm. uh, And I basically took care of everything. Uh, In the book, I mentioned that at the end of the week, I was picking up cigarette butts off the ground and putting them in the garbage. What's mm-hmm. interesting is that week's experiment changed my whole life. I realized that when things catch our eye, they're not doing that by accident. Life is actually looking for us, telling us what we need to attend to next. Even though I have stopped doing the exercise, that habit, that way of being, that moving meditation has remained with me for all these years, and that is the way I live. My bills never sit. Everything gets taken care of at the moment 
that it enters my awareness. And because of that, my, my life is not constantly backed up with things that need to be done. So here are a couple of tips. Okay. First great. thing I notice, first thing I notice is that we're all addicted to worrying. And the reason we don't realize that we're true. worrying is because from the time we were children, we were told that worrying is called thinking. <laughs> and so we call it, we, we think of it as some evolved activity that we're doing. But right. if you really look at most of what's going on in the mind, it's worrying. It's what we do when things are not going our way or we would like to change the channel in hopes that they will be different. What I discovered about this more than 40 years ago is that when we think, we hold our breath. And when we hold our breath, it's impossible not only to see, see uh, vis- you know, visually see, but to also see what we're looking for in life because mm-hmm. we're trying so hard that everything collapses, including the breath. So at that time, I was involved in meditation, but I realized most people don't have a time to meditate for five minutes, much less 20 minutes. So what I did is I took my 20-minute meditation and I transformed it into 20 one-minute or 30-second meditations. So one of the suggestions in the book is that every time you go to the bathroom, sit down, close your eyes, and just notice. And what do you notice? You notice your body is a dynamic balloon. It expands and then Mm -hmm. it contracts. And this movement, which we call breathing, is actually happening to us. We don't actually breathe consciously. Something is breathing us. So what I began to notice is that when I notice this uh, alternating expansion and contraction, I also become aware of when it stops. And I notice it stops whenever we're working on something or thinking about something. The two things we're all addicted to. So I suggest to people to do these little short meditations with the eyes closed and with the eyes open while driving and doing other things. Mm -hmm. And after a while, every time we do it, it brings us back to this silent place of observation. So that is one tip that the book shares uh, that is very, very easy to do. I also take people through a color visualization. Right, yeah. Yeah, because you see, the biggest problem we all have is something called stress. But no one knows exactly what stress is. And so to make it simple, what I shared in the book is that stress is the result of encountering some aspect of life that we're allergic to. Now, if someone said, oh, I had a rash because I'm allergic to poison oak, everyone understands that type of allergy. Or I have a food allergy to gluten and it makes me sniffle. Everyone understands that. But most of our allergies are not to environmental toxins, to plants, or to Mm -hmm. foods. Most of our allergies are when we run into our ex-husbands, ex-wives, people we have unfinished business with, or situations in life that really rattle us. 
that's the biggest allergens that we have. And so what I discovered over 40 years ago is that there is an inseparable connection between the energy we call light and the everyday experiences that we call life. And what the relationship is this, when people look at or even visualize a color, like what you did when you were working with that little nodule in your body, Mm -hmm. when people look at or visualize color, everyone has a response to each of those colors, and that response is different for every person. And what I found is that the colors that people are uncomfortable with are energetically or vibrationally related to the experiences in life that catalyze stress and tension for them. And so I developed ways of having people use color at home in such a way Mm -hmm. that it helps them to desensitize from these habitual psycho-emotional triggers. I've actually uh, created a kit that people can use at home with uh, colored filters that I put in these little glasses that I have designed. And the purpose of that, and I give the the person a, a, a way of doing this at home, is so that they can gently become more comfortable with the full spectrum of life rather than being at ease with some parts of life and feeling triggered by other parts of life. The other thing that's important is our body runs on light. And when Mm -hmm. we're uncomfortable with a certain color, what it means is that we're not really allowing those portions of the light spectrum to enter our body. And so I also found that there's a strong relationship between the colors we are uncomfortable with and the chakras in the body of the same colors where problems actually develop in our health. So this process not only desensitizes us from our emotional triggers, but supports our health and well-beings in a wide variety of ways. Now, this sounds like, uh, uh, you know, I, I went through, a, first of all, when I did these color work meditations, it actually shrunk the growth. My doctor shrugged it off, but it actually worked. Um, it didn't completely right. eliminate it, but it, it, it definitely shrunk it. Um, and I, I afterwards, I said, uh, I was actually speaking with a guest on the show uh, offline, uh, Dr. Amit Goswami. And he said, you know. Oh, you really I know Amit to... very well. Well, he's a real gentleman. And he t- said, you need to go to uh, Ayur- do Ayurvedic medicine. So he pointed me to the New York Center of Innovative Medicine. I went there and did a three or four month protocol. He says, you have to change your environment because, uh, you know, when I asked my doctor, well, how does something like this happen? And he's like, oh, it's sporadic. And I'm like, you're a great surgeon, but that's not, an, that's not a good answer. I was thinking to myself because I don't think anything's sporadic. So I went through the protocol and I was like, I learned so many different things. And it seems like what you're doing, doctor, is fits right into Ayurvedic medicine and healing. And I'm wondering, do you have any plans to uh, 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 structure, put some type of real structure around this where, you know, it's a, a, a way of healing? Because I think you've got something that could oh, really absolutely. help the world. Absolutely. I I describe it in pretty good detail in the book, but I've actually created a little kit, uh, which is called the SRS3. It's a kit that comes with a a easy to understand 20 page manual Mm -hmm. that explains 
not only how color has been used traditionally on the body and through the eyes, but then it goes into depth as to how I came upon these discoveries. And then it provides the person with 13 pairs of glasses and a 28-day a protocol where they can do this at home in a way that takes almost no time, and it's very, very gentle and very effective. This is what I give to people that I mentor or work with one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But for most people, doing this at home might be just what they need, and it's very affordable. So, uh, well, I, let me, I'm going to check it out, and, if, uh, and maybe we can have you back, and we'll talk about it, because uh, will it help me uh, with my eyesight? I don't know if it'll help you uh, with your eyesight, although I do work with people about that uh, directly. Um, there is a technique in the book called the Brock String. Right, I saw and it. Yep. I, all right. You can buy one of those Brock Strings on Amazon. They mm-hmm. cost about 5 or $6. Do that technique at home for one minute several times a day and you will notice a shift in your vision. Great. Okay. Um, last question. And you, what you're doing, I think it's so fabulous. Uh, actually, it's, I have two questions. I Forgive me. One is just for, this, for our audience. So we take light in a lot through the eyes, but it, are there other ways to take light into our bodies? Through, through the entire body. Okay. Um, there is a process called photobiomodulation which is the process that when light interacts with the skin, it causes an activation of all types of uh, physiological movements in our cells. The way most of our cells create ATP or energy, not only for their metabolic function, but for their repair and regeneration, is through the ingestion of certain parts of the light spectrum. So. Light impacts the skin, impacts the eyes, impacts us in a whole bunch of different ways. Got it. Um, last question then, and I, I, I again, this is for our, our listeners. Um, tech, you you mentioned, um, you know, we have a society where uh, everything's gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Where you know, you, uh, I deal with millennials a lot, and they don't even talk on the phone. It's like texting. That's how you get their attention. That's how they communicate. And uh, everybody's in front of screens all the time. And it uh, right. wreaks habit on your, on, your, uh, on your eyesight, amongst other things. Could you just give some guidelines as to how people can manage their lives without being uh, overwhelmed by tech? And how do you take a little break from it? Because, you know, it's not going away. And, and it's gonna, there's going to be more and more of it. But we need to manage it because it's, it could hurt us. You know, tech's a gift and it's a, it's a curse. You know, this is really important, the point that you bring up. You have to understand that our eyes have a large field of vision because we are designed to see life as a whole rather than life through a whole. The more we work on computers, the more we work on laptops, and the more we work on on uh, handheld devices like cell phones, the narrower our field of vision becomes, and the epidemic of eyesight deterioration 
for instance, myopia, which is the biggest health epidemic in the world, starts to increase very dramatically. Keep in mind, we have about 7 billion people in the world, and we have just about 7 billion cell phone subscriptions. So everybody's looking at these things all day long. They are designed to get you addicted, which is in fact what has occurred And what's important about this is I've been talking about the nutritive value of light, that light is the body's biological fuel. The light that comes off of these devices is very, very strong in the blue part of the spectrum. The blue part of the spectrum is what keeps us awake during the day and informs ourselves that it's daytime. Most of us or many people are using these devices in the evening when you do that that blue light even though your body's feeling tired that blue light which in excess can harm the retina of your eyes the blue light is telling your body that it's time to wake up and yet (laughs) you you are tired what's the impact on that it not only impacts Uh, your ability to sleep and the quality of your sleep, which is very important because that's how your body heals, but it can cause you to gain too much weight. It can cause your insulin metabolism to to really get out of whack. It can create all kinds of psycho-emotional issues. And, you know, people like um, uh, shift workers that work at night, it is well known they have higher incidences of cancers and other autoimmune diseases We're beginning to see the same thing right now with the excessive use of technology. So we need to take time off. For instance, my office and specifically my computer are right up against a window. I'm continually looking out the window to let my eyes relax by looking off to the distance, by allowing natural light to enter my eyes. People need to take breaks from their phones, take their earbuds out of their ears and make contact because the most essential aspect of our humanity is our personal and interpersonal connections. Right. We can't let that just go out the window. Totally agree. Wow. Yeah. So much. And I've got so much more, but we're out of time. So listen, Dr. Lieberman, it's an honor to meet you. I love the book. I have to spend, I have to do the deep dive and really just slowly read everything. But I checked out a, a lot of your work and I had to, you know, put in the time to like, I, I got to like get this because this is something new, but it makes so much sense. I, I, I'm, I'm understanding what you're doing. Thank you for uh, speaking with us today and using like bite sized chunks that our audience can kind of grasp because it's so important. And, um, all the best of luck to you. Could you tell everybody like where they can find the book, where they can find you, where they can find your programs? I know you've got a great website, by the way. Sure. Um, the books are available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all your favorite bookstores. Uh, they can visit our website at Jacob Lieberman. Lieberman is spelled L-I-B-E-R-M-A-N dot org. That's O-R-G. And if they come to the site, They'll be pleasantly surprised because this site is not about selling you things. It's about inviting you into a new world. So Mm -hmm. I hope people will come or follow us on Facebook uh, where we share a lot of interesting information. And 
you know, life is all about helping, mm-hmm. helping each other in whatever way that we can. And that's what my life is about. So I, I'm so grateful, uh, Robert, for your invitation. I'd love to do this again with you at any Great. time that you'd like. Awesome. And I just appreciate the opportunity. Oh, thanks so much. How's uh, just a, one last thing. You're in Hawaii. Uh, how's everything doing in Hawaii with the uh, volcano and everything? You okay? I'm not sure which island you're on. I'm on the island of Maui. We're 100 miles away from the closest point of the big island, which is where the volcano is. Uh, we, Where I live on the island, we have not been affected at all, but my prayers are with my friends on the big island because their air quality is affected, and I mm-hmm. certainly hope that volcano will calm down soon. Great. Okay. Well, thanks so yeah. much for taking time out. Uh, enjoy your day because I know you're uh, six, five or six hours earlier, and um, it's been a real treat having you on Guys Guys Radio, and I'm definitely going to invite you back. So thanks, and I will be following you on Facebook. I'll be reading your book, and I'll be in touch. So thank you, sir. All right. Be well. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, folks. Our special guest on Guys Guys Radio today has been Jacob Israel Lieberman. OD and PhD, his book, new book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Fantastic stuff. So we're going to take a very quick break and we'll come back. I'll do the Guys, 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 and then we'll wrap it up. The Guys, Guys Radio. All right, we're back on Guys, Guys Radio. Your host, Robert Manny. I I did all my selling early in the show, so I talked about, uh, you know, where you can find me and, uh, so let's get right to uh, two things. Um, guy's guy of the week. Somebody who, uh, and this is going to be a place, embodies the aspects and characteristics of a guy's guy. Casual confidence, unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, timeless style, and fun. I'm going to give it to Asbury Park. I told the story earlier in the show about the fits and starts of getting that place back to where it was 50, 60 years ago. And they, I believe now Asbury is over the hump. So Asbury, you're a cool place. You've had some trouble. It's very uh, diverse. It's like Brooklyn by the sea. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, looking, having a great summer. Asbury Park, you are the guy's guy of the week. The guy's guy's guide, real quick, I guess, you know, we're talking to uh, Dr. Lieberman and uh, other people who, you know, they live in places like Hawaii or Australia. And here I am in uh, uptown New York City. Well, why am I here? I've been here for many years and I'm a Jersey kid from the suburbs, but I moved into the city and worked in the city many years. And here I am doing Guys Guys Radio up in Harlem. And uh, I'll tell you why I'm still in the city and I'm not going to stay here forever because at a certain point you say, okay, what else is there? I don't want to I don't want to spend too much more time in New York, but I I still love it. And here's some of the reasons why I'm still in New York City. Maybe you can relate to some of them. You know, New York to me, it's it's an idea, just like America. It's like a concept. It keeps changing. It keeps morphing. And it's almost in a way, you know, New York kind of the center of the country and the center, the center city of the world. And, uh, and America is kind of like that place, that uh, place on the hill that everybody has in the past, not so much right now because it's under a lot of stress, looked at as like this is a, this is a concept where freedom and possibility are there for everyone. Um, certainly, we, we have a ways to go with some of that, but that's the idea. But it keeps changing. America keeps changing. New York keeps changing. I've been here for over 20 years, and I go down, diff- go down to different neighborhoods. I'm like, wow, that place is gone. This is new. 
new neighborhoods and new areas. I'm in Southwest Harlem. It was like a drug den in the seventies. Now it's like, I, I couldn't afford to get into my neighborhood, uh, but I've been here since 2010. So it's just amazing. As Dr. Lieben was saying, I have uh, this, they, there's a, no building across the street from me, believe it or not. And the buildings are not that high in Harlem. So I can look all the way across town. So during the show, I'm looking outside the studio. I can see uh, birds, trees. And the point is, you know, in New York, you, because it's such an urban jungle, there are beautiful parks here. Uh, they've done a magnificent job. Central Park is nothing like it was when I first came to New York, which was like you don't go in there uh, at certain times in certain areas. Now it's, you know, okay, there's always crime everywhere. But for the most part, it's, it, first of all, it's gorgeous. And second of all, it's pretty darn safe. Um, I wouldn't go in there at three in the morning and with the counting hundred dollar bills, but, uh, it's, it's pretty, you, you can go out for a run after dark and stuff if you want. I don't, but you can, I think you can. Um, but the point is it's beautiful. And also the, uh, waterways around Manhattan now, they just keep developing it. And soon the entire Island will have full development right now. I believe you can bicycle or run around the entire Manhattan Island. It would be a very long run. But uh, it just it's gorgeous. And when you see trees and when you see birds on tree lined streets and all, you, you actually, in a way, you appreciate them more than if you're in the suburbs where you see trees and birds and all that squirrels all the time. It's like squirrels and whatever. They become nuisances. When you're in New York, you appreciate them because you don't see them that much because you deal with so much asphalt and concrete and big buildings and stuff. So that's a cool thing about the city. Also, of course, we have the four seasons here. Now, I'm not crazy for winter. I'm not a big winter sports guy, so I, I don't really need it. But it's nice uh, that, you know, it's not just hot all the time. So it's good we have the four seasons here. And you can get everything you want whenever you want here. Still, it's a 24-hour town, and it's a lot of fun. And, and you can get around. Now, the MTA, the subway system, has gone for a real downturn. But uh, – Technically, you can get anywhere you want in the city in the five boroughs by train or bus. So you don't need a car. I used to have a car in the city. It got stolen. And then I said, the hell with it. And um, now I navigate by mass transit or foot. And I love walking the city. There's nothing like it because you walk through different neighborhoods and you see different stuff. And it's great exercise. And when you're in the suburbs, like you're in and out of the car all the time. When you're in the city, you walk around and you're exposed to people. And with that point in mind, you know, I have a son and I think for the early stages going up to toddler, I don't know about after first grade and stuff because it gets very expensive for schooling. But when a kid comes into this world in New York city, the good news about it is there's a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of places to go for kids. There's a lot of families now in Manhattan and I'm speaking mostly for Manhattan because I've, ne I've never lived in Brooklyn or Queens or the outer boroughs. It's always been Manhattan, even though I've traveled and I love the outer boroughs, but um, I've been a Manhattan guy for uh, my time here, but there's a lot to do. And um, also for a, a kid growing up, they get used to all different types of people and being around people and thinking like the subway's fun and looking out the window on the train. And it's really good because it's not just they're being shuttled in and out of cars to destinations. They're traveling and seeing people and interfacing with people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So they're comfortable and confident in their own skin. I think more, that's why you get that New York attitude when you meet kids who grew up in the city, when they're out, when you're outside the city, or even if you live in the city and work in the city and you meet people, coworkers who grew up in Manhattan, 
they always seem to have, or the, one of the boroughs, they have like a different attitude. It's almost borderline cocky, but all it is is they're comfortable. They, they know what it's all about. And that's, that's a good thing. So I'm not saying my son is cocky and arrogant, but he's comfortable with people. He'll talk, he talks to people and he's comfortable and he doesn't have a lot of filters going on yet. But I, I think that's kind of a good thing because he's colorblind, he likes people, and uh, you got one thing you're going to get in New York City, it's people. So I'm going to leave it there. That's our guy's guy, guy of the week. And uh, we've had a great show. I really enjoyed uh, talking with Dr. Lieberman. And um, he did a great job explaining something that could be kind of difficult to uh, break down. But he did a magnificent job. So we thank him. And thank you, my listeners. Um, again, if you want to help out, I'm bootstrapping this, or- this whole guy's guy's movement myself. My book is on Amazon, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's a novel about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Two men competing for adverti- in advertising for love, sex, power, and money. Uh, Guy's Guy's Radio. Um, iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. All right. So thanks so much. And I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Welcome to the Total Wireless Store, where total confidence awaits. I need a smartphone with an awesome camera. Got anything to fit a new dad's budget? Don't worry. You got this with Total Wireless. And now you can get $50 off on select phones $99 and up. My relatives won't miss a thing. Now you can focus on the important stuff, like diaper duty. Discover the Total Wireless Stores and get total confidence. The latest phones, the best network, all at great prices. Now open in New York. Limited time offer in 63018. Available while supplies last. Quarter required for a non-track phone brand. Offer only available at Total Wireless Stores. Visit store for details.